Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome to the Science of Success with your host, Matt Bodner. Welcome to the Science of Success. I'm your host, Matt Bodner. I'm an entrepreneur and investor in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm obsessed with the mindset of success and the psychology of performance. I've read hundreds of books, conducted countless hours of research and study, and I'm going to take you on a journey into the human mind and what makes peak performers tick. With a focus on always having our discussions rooted in psychological research and scientific fact, not opinion. In this episode, we look at what rabbit populations, craters on the moon, files on your hard drive, and the GDP of countries have in common. We discuss the power of fractals, the math of chaos theory, and what that all has to do with the 80-20 principle. How your understanding of the 80-20 principle is only the tip of the iceberg. How to generate 16 times more leverage towards achieving your goals. We go deep into sales wisdom from one of the world's top marketing consultants, and much more with Perry Marshall. The Science of Success continues to grow with more than 875,000 downloads, listeners in over 100 countries, hitting number one new and noteworthy, and more. I get listener comments and emails all the time asking me, Matt, how do you organize and remember all this incredible information? A lot of our listeners are curious about how I keep track of all the incredible knowledge I get from reading hundreds of books, interviewing amazing experts, listening to awesome podcasts, and more. Because of that, we've created an epic resource just for you, a detailed guide called How to Organize and Remember Everything. And you can get it completely for free by texting the word SMARTER to the number 44222. Again, it's a guide we created called How to Organize and Remember Everything. All you have to do to get it is to text the word SMARTER to the number 44222 or go to scienceofsuccess.co, that's scienceofsuccess.co, and put in your email. In our previous episode, we discussed how you can create success by mashing two seemingly unrelated ideas together. 
We looked at why energy is the currency of the biological world and how that impacts the evolution of money within our society. We went deep into understanding money and its role in our lives, and we looked at why you should investigate your own biases about money with Kabir Sagal. If you want to improve your understanding of money, listen to that episode. Today, we have another awesome guest on the show, Perry Marshall. Perry is a trained engineer and one of the world's most sought-after business consultants and marketing experts, helping clients across 300 industries by combining sales, engineering, art, and psychology. He's also a best-selling author of several books, including The Ultimate Guide to Google AdWords, 80-20 Sales and Marketing, and Evolution 2.0. Perry, welcome to the Science of Success. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, and you guys got a big following and a lot of interesting guests that you've had, so it's really an honor, and you know, we talked earlier, and I think we're going to have a rocking conversation today. I think it's going to be great, and uh, there's, there's so much that you talk about that I think the audience is really going to enjoy, but before we dig into that, tell us a little bit, you know, I kind of gave a, a brief bio, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your story. Well, I was about 25 years old when... I got laid off from my first engineering job and my wife was three months pregnant. You know, I I could have stayed in the same track I was on if I was willing to move, but I wasn't willing to pull up roots. And so I ended up going into sales and I thought, well, you know, this shouldn't be too hard. Well, (laughs) a couple years of bologna sandwiches and ramen soup later is like, wow, this is you know, this is not for the faint of heart. And, you know, I eventually did find my way and I eventually did find the groove, but really there was some excruciating periods of time where, you know, the bills weren't getting paid and, you know, I just try all this stuff and it wouldn't work. And I would spend all my time, you know, trying to pound through brick walls and everything. And, and so, you know, eventually, you know, 20 years later, writing a, writing a book that's the the book that I wish I'd had when I was starting out or, you know, for that matter, all the different marketing stuff, because anymore, if you don't have some marketing to back you up as a salesperson, you're screwed. So, so that's what that's about. And so life is a lot different now. I mean, ironically, now I'm a sales and marketing consultant, but I think that that actually goes back to, the fact that it's not hard to teach what was hard for you to learn. And, you know, I had a huge learning curve, but I think I can explain a lot of that stuff in ways that were never explained to me. So I know one of the transformational ideas in your life is the concept of the 80-20 principle. I'd love to kind of, you know, many people hear that and they think, oh yeah, of course, you know, I know what the 80-20 principle is. But your understanding of it is is so much deeper than that. I'd love for you to kind of, you know, explain to the audience why the surface level understanding is is really only the tip of the iceberg. I heard about the 80-20 principle back when I was marketing manager and, you know, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. Okay, 80% of your sales come from 20% of your customers. And I, I actually printed out a QuickBooks report and I went through it and like, I'll be darned. That's like pretty much exactly right. That's interesting. And at that point, I thought I knew it. I thought I knew what it meant. And I really didn't. And and I would politely suggest that most people have never really explored what it actually is and what it means. And so let me let me tell you two little stories back to back that'll kind of tie this together for you. So 
the the first story goes it goes back to when when I was in college and my wife went to the library and came home with a book on fractals and chaos. And hopefully most people have seen fractals before. You know, there are those computer images where there's spirals and there's a spiral on the spiral and there's a spiral on the spiral and the spiral. If you haven't seen this, you should type fractals into YouTube and just start clicking on stuff and, and you'll quickly see it. But she brought this book home and I was looking through it and I discovered, well, th this isn't just interesting shapes. This is actually a major way that the world works. So if you look at a tree, you see that branching pattern, but then you can zoom in and the branches have branches and, and then the branches, those branches have branches and you can get down to the leaves and you could get a microscope and even, even, you know, the little veins that feed the individual cells are still showing that that branching pattern. Okay. And so that's a fractal pattern. It's a pattern that repeats over and over and over again. And what the book explained is this is very closely related to the way that things like earthquakes and volcanoes and weather and hurricanes and tornadoes and avalanches are all predictably unpredictable. Like they always follow certain patterns it's just the specific instance that's that that you can't quite predict but but you can be sure that you know somewhere in the rocky mountains if you clap your hand at the right place at the right time you're going to trigger an avalanche and it speaks to the way cracks travel through glass when a rock hits your windshield and and cracks on the sidewalk or sand dunes and i'm getting this whole new lens for the world there had never been language for any of this of course i had seen it all my life but suddenly there was language and i thought it was all very interesting and then i went out to my car the next day and it was a cold november day and there were ice crystals on my car and i looked at those ice crystals and i go Oh my word. Those are little tiny fractals growing on my uh, on the roof of my car. They they're everywhere. And I couldn't from that point forward I couldn't not look out the window and see the pattern that traffic is fractal and rivers are fractals. So so anyway, so that's that's a little geeky. Of course I know your audience probably enjoys things like that but but fast forward to Actually, this is more than 10 years ago. I was reading Richard Kosh's book, The 80-20 Principle. And early in the book, he just mentioned for maybe a paragraph or two that the 80-20 principle was closely related to fractals and chaos and the butterfly effect, which says that you know, a butterfly's wings can trigger a hurricane six months later, half a world away, because that's how weather actually works. It's why you can't predict it more than more than two or three weeks out. And he made this comment, and all of a sudden something clicked in my brain and I connected 80-20 to the fractals and the chaos. And what I suddenly realized was 80-20 is the arithmetic of chaos and fractals. And that means that means there's an 80-20 inside every 80-20, and then there's another one and another one and another one. And this all, this all just exploded in my brain in about 10 seconds. And I was in a coffee shop, 
and I jumped up and I drove home and I, I ran home and I got out my calculator and I got all these pieces of paper. And at that time I, I had been in my own business for about a year and a half. So I had, I had quit my job as a sales manager hung out my shingle as an independent marketing consultant and I had a few clients and I was selling some products and I was just, you know, I was a little wobbly still, but getting going and it, it was starting to go well. And, and I realized, oh my word, this 80, 20 thing is, it applies to everything in my business, every, just about column on every spreadsheet, every web visitor who like, how many people fill out the form, how many people call on the phone, how many people buy a product, how many people turn into a good client. 80-20 is predicting all of this stuff. And I was just having this massive geek out moment and I was realizing, hey, wait a minute. There are levers within levers within levers. And now that I can see them, I know exactly what to do where before it was a mystery. And so, you know, it's kind of like when I was a brand new guy and I got laid off my job and I found a sales job and I, you know, was kind of uh, blissfully ignorant. I didn't know where the levers were and, you know, and then I don't know what I don't know. And then I just keep getting kicked in the teeth and pounded in the head and clobbered by two by fours. And, and I never know when the next one is coming, but now I'm actually, it's like, there's really reliable ways to know that two by four is coming. And, and also there's really reliable ways to know where there's more business in a place where you just found a little bit versus other places where you've already found all that you can get. And, and so that was a huge, huge, huge thing for me. And, and in fact, it, it might be the most significant moment I've ever had reading a book in my whole business career. And it totally tilted my world. And so interestingly, during the, the, the following year, I started teaching Google AdWords. I started speaking at seminars. I've since that time I I've wrote, written the world's best selling book on internet advertising, which is the ultimate guide to Google AdWords. And 8020 was how I figured out Google AdWords back then. And I'm talking about 2003 right now. Google AdWords was this crazy, weird thing that most people didn't understand. It was a Wild West kind of a deal. It's like, okay, so now we're bidding on positions in a search engine, and how does that work? And we're, the, the whole English language is up for sale, and how do you organize a campaign, and how do you write these ads, and how do you run these tests? And all of a sudden, I realized 80% of this doesn't matter. 20% of it matters a lot and 20% of the 20% of the 20% matters even more and 20% of the 20% of the 20% matters even more and there's these tiny little hinges that swing big doors and I can figure this out and I did in fact a lot of things that I figured out then have now become standard best practices in a 100 billion dollar industry which we call you know, pay-per-click marketing. So 80-20 is really important. And I just want to say to everybody listening, if you'll stick with us here and, and get, and we really get into some application, I, I think you're going to find this really fascinating. I find it amazing that 
the 80-20 principle can describe everything from the GDP of countries to the distribution of wealth of individuals to craters on the moon. It's, it's amazing. Yes, it, it does. And literally it's true. So 80-20 describes, you know, rabbit populations. It describes the size of files on your hard drive. So let's take your hard drive. 20% of the files take 80% of the space and 20% of 20% of the files take 80% of 80% of the space. So that means 4% take up 64%. And then, so you can have 80, 20 squared, 80, 20 cubed, 80, 20 to the power of four. So 80, 20 cubed says that 1% of the files on your hard drive take up 50%. Well, it's also true of customers. 1% of your customers give you 50% of your money. 1% of the drivers get 50% of the speeding tickets. 1% of the real estate owners own 50% of the real estate. 1% of the people own 50% of the wealth. This is a truism. It's true regardless of what country you go or what state you're in or what kind of system of government that you have and see this is extremely powerful because if the same ratios hold for real estate in Belgium as for the size of craters on the moon, as for the size of pebbles on the beach, then it tells you that there's something very, very fundamental that's going on in the world and you either align yourself with it or fight it and nature doesn't care. If you want to fight it and get your teeth kicked in, you can go right ahead and you can do that. And the universe does not care. On the other hand, if you align yourself with it and harness it, you can develop great wealth. You can achieve great things. You can have a very large disproportionate amount of influence. And it's really just a question of, who decides to live in the is world versus who prefers to remain in the should be world. And I just got to a point where I'm done living in the should be world. I'm going to sell and market the way the world really does work. And I, I'm going to harmonize with this. Such a great statement. The distinction between the is world and the should be world. We, we talk about that a lot on the show and it's something that definitely bears repeating. But well, I trust me, I, I could I could live in the should be world for a really long time. I mean, I'm an idealistic person and, you know, I get all these ideas, but, you know, I, I don't think any of us can afford to stay there. It's fun for a while, but, you know, reality is actually a lot. If you just deal with the reality the way that it is, life is just so much easier. Yeah. I mean, it, aligning yourself with reality, whether or not you think that's the way reality should be, is is how you achieve almost anything. With yeah, ease, exactly. and it's almost effortless once you once you feel aligned, you know that, and that makes me think of the fact that the once you understand this principle, it it completely transforms what you think about and what you focus on. And you you kind of hinted on that, talking about the you know the tiny hinges and and focusing on the wrong things. But I think you've I think you've talked about in the past how you know or, or said something around the the lines of every problem in business or most problems in your business is because you're on the wrong side of the 80 20 equation. Yeah, that, that's right. And I'll tell you a quick story. My friend John Paul Mendocha dropped out of high school when he was 17 and he hitchhiked to Las Vegas and he decided to become a professional gambler. 
which his mother was, I'm sure, thrilled with. But that that's literally what he did. And so after a few weeks in Vegas of poker and blackjack, he's like, dang, you know, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. And, and he was hanging out at a gambling bookstore one day and he starts talking to this guy. He finds out this guy runs a gambling ring and he's been doing it a long time. He's like, hey, like, could we work something out? And they agree. It's like, yeah, for percentage of your winnings, I'll teach you what we do. And so, so they should, you know, they agree. Jump in the Jeep, John. We're going for a ride. So, all right, here we go. And John gets in the Jeep and they're driving down the highway. And John goes, okay, so how do I win more poker games? And the guy says, you have to play with people who are going to lose, not people who are going to win. And people who are going to lose are called marks. You know, you want the, the, the guy that just showed up from Wichita, Kansas with his grandmother's inheritance money that thinks he's going to get rich in Vegas. Like that's the guy you want. And John goes, okay, so where do I find all these marks? And his, his friend says, here, I'll show you. And he pulls into a strip club parking lot and they walk into a strip club and there's, you know, women and music and pounding rock and roll and people drinking and all the stuff going on in there. And it's really loud. And uh, Rob and John sit down at the table and Rob always carried a sawed off shotgun with him, which gives you a little hint of what kind of guy Rob was. And he pulls his sawed-off shotgun out of his jacket, and he holds it under the table, and he says, watch this. And he opens the chamber, and then he shuts it. He racks it and makes this noise. And you look, they look around, and so, you know, several people in the club, these biker kind of guys, are like, hey, what was that? Right? And, uh, and the, the club owner comes over, and he says, hey, is everything okay over here? Everything's fine. Just teaching the lad a lesson. Don't you worry about us. We're not going to cause any trouble here. And he looks over at John. He goes, John, did you see those guys that turned around when they heard that noise? And John goes, yeah. And he goes, don't play poker with them. They're not marks. Play poker with everybody else. And that is what in, in 80-20 sales and marketing, that's what I call racking the shotgun. Racking the shotgun is any time you do something to a crowd or somebody else does something to a crowd. And by watching, you can figure out who's the minority that's paying attention and who's the majority who's not. Okay, And so it could be racking the shotgun is... You know, who searches for a certain keyword on Google and who doesn't? Who clicks on an ad and who doesn't? Who fills out the form and who doesn't? Who opens the email? Who doesn't? Who clicks on the link? Who doesn't? Who buys the stuff? Who doesn't? Who buys the upsell? Who buys the super duper upsell? It's all racking the shotgun. And everything we do in marketing is racking the shotgun. And all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the world, the is world is telling you what people do, how they behave, and you have to expect totally disproportionate results. So 80-20 says 
that if you hire 10 salespeople, two of them are going to sell 80% of the stuff and the other eight are going to sell 20% of the stuff, which means the two are 16 times better at selling than the eight. Now that is going to happen. If you, if you got hired 10 salespeople, it almost doesn't matter whether you try really hard to find good ones or not. Okay. I mean, if you're good at finding good ones, then you'll get better ones. And if you're not, you'll get worse ones. But either way, that ratio is going to be true. And you're going to have a disproportionate number of winners and losers. And what most people try to do is they try to fix the eight bad salespeople. No, 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 no. You get rid of most of them at least. And you put all your energy into supporting the good ones and finding more good ones because frankly, you're going to sell more with three good salespeople than with 30 bad ones. That's a great lesson. And, and it's so important, you know, that you, you made two really, really key points there. One is that the 80-20 curve and, and the kind of the whole model is sort of an inescapable pattern. It doesn't matter if you think it should be that way or want it to be that way, or even try to kind of, you know, wiggle out of it in some way, it's going to continue to repeat itself in whatever sample of data you're looking at. And the second piece is that you shouldn't focus on fixing the bad or, you know, kind of mediocre performing 80%. You should really focus on all of your attention on the, the 20% that is producing and how can you do more of that? How can you support that? How can you add on to that? I think it's a critical lesson. Exactly. Now, let's just take a step back and let's acknowledge that one of the jobs of civilization is to mitigate 80-20, okay? So there's always going to be kids that are slow in school and there's always going to be people who can't pay their bills and there's always going to be uh, an old person who needs medical care. And, and that, okay, that's always going to be true. And yes, we, we need to take care of, of the disadvantage and, and all that. Okay, okay, so that's understood. However, beyond that, you really have to fight almost everything you've been taught your whole entire life in school and everything else if you want to be excellent and achieve things because the world will always and even your your training and your conditioning will always condition you to go you know fix the underperformer when when actually what you should be doing is you should be supercharging the few things that work. So like in school, you know, the, the very best students are supposed to get straight A's, right? And everyone's like, well, did you get an A in everything? Well, you know what? You can get A's in six different subjects, but you know what? You're going to make a living in one subject. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like, you could be a savant and probably be more successful than if you're well-rounded. Like, you know, if you're terrible in English and you're terrible at social studies, but you're really good at math or, you know, there's some place that'll hire you to do really amazing math and they don't really care how good your English or your social studies is. And, and then an, another thing is that a, a lot of times you never get to what's really successful until you're willing to fail because failure is a rack, the shotgun. And if you're an A student, is conditioned to never fail. Therefore, an A student will almost always be mediocre unless they unlearn 
the A student instincts and relearn. Because here's the thing. What a, one of the things that 80-20 says is that if you're willing to fail 20 times, one will be a slam the ball out of the park home run, even if the other 19 are total dogs. It almost guarantees it. In fact, it puts a whole different perspective on failure if you expect to fail 80% of the time. It gives you more courage to put yourself out there. It's like, okay, we're, we're one closer. Now, you can use 80-20, fortunately, to eliminate a lot of things like, well, I'm not diving in that swimming pool. There's no water in that. You know, there's a lot of failure that goes on that's unnecessary. And I'm not suggesting you should do that at all. But I just think the world has this very warped idea. I mean, if people knew how many things we try, how many experiments, I mean, we're always trying stuff. And you know what? Most of the time, the results are disappointing. But, you know, you don't need that many victories to have a successful life. You don't. That's another great conclusion of of the eighty twenty principle. You don't have to be successful, and I think actually, uh, you know, Charlie Munger, who I, I don't know if you're familiar with, but he, we're a huge fan of him here on the show. It's on your website, yeah, yeah. He, he he says the same thing, which is you only have to get rich once, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is the same idea essentially is that you can fail a bunch of times, but if you succeed one of those times, that's the only time that matters. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, and then you just need to not lose it. Well you know, well, there's an 80-20 strategy for that. And that's, that's probably not where we're going to go today, but absolutely. And and so if you know that there's levers within levers within levers, so 80-20 to the power of four says that 0.2% of what you do gets you 40% of your results. Now, if you're in any performance-oriented profession, so you could be a computer programmer or you could be in sales or you could be in some kind of negotiation or if you stop and think of last year, you know, what's 0.2% of your 250 days that you are working. Let's say, you know, one day I'm going to, I'm going to submit to you that 40% of what you accomplished last year happened in one day. And you probably never really realize it, but if you really zoom back and you go, all right, so what did we really accomplish? Most of us have, uh, you know, a hundred days a year where we really accomplish nothing at all. And, and so what, what this really means is most people are doing way too many trivial things. I mean, most things people do, they know aren't going to create anything big. So why are they doing them? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring the right person takes time. Time that you often don't have. But you shouldn't let a time crunch get in the way of finding the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. In fact, I was on LinkedIn Jobs this morning looking for candidates to fill a key role in one of my businesses. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so that you can hire the right person quickly. You can look for things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, looking beyond just work skills and resumes to connect you with the candidates who are a perfect match for your business. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post gets in front of the people you actually want to hire because they have a much better ability to get a deep insight into exactly who is the right candidate for you and your business. Find the right person meant for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and the first $50 is on them. Just visit linkedin.com slash success. Again, that's linkedin.com slash success to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I'd, I've would have to paraphrase the quote, but there's a great Tim Ferriss quote that's very similar to that. It's essentially, you know, the vast majority of what everyone does is totally worthless. And it's those few <laughs> random things. It's very hard to find what they are, but it's those few random things that happen to create almost all of the positive outcomes in your life. Yeah. And if you start to recognize the pattern and, and to realize how disproportionate they are. So I said this before, but I should really emphasize it again. The 20% that generates results is item for item 16 times more leverage than the 80% that doesn't, okay? And so when you start recognizing those levers, I mean, they're laying all over the place. They're right in front of you all the time. It's just like the the biker bar story. So 20% of the people in that bar were like badass guys that, well, you don't want to play poker with them, but I, I guess if you wanted to go rob a bank or sell cocaine or, or ride Harleys or whatever, then you get 16 times more traction with those guys than you would with anybody else, of course. And then if you're, if you're trying to win poker games, there's 20% of that room that's going to be far easier to win a poker game than everybody else. And you just have to figure out who it is. And you know, that that's what a professional really does. And, and, and this, this actually leads to something very important about sales, which is sales is not a convincing people process. Sales is an elimination process. Before you try to convince anybody to do anything, you should figure out, should I not even be talking to this person at all? And, when you do that, 
that takes so much pressure off of the situation and it makes you not seem like a timeshare salesman. And I know a lot of people that, that are listening here, they're not even in sales. But the fact is, is everybody has to convince somebody to do something for like a good portion of our life, right? We've, we've always, we got to get coworkers, there's departments that we got to get buy-in on some project, you know? So we, we all have to get cooperation. And if you understand that, if you start with a question, well, you know, do, do they have the money or the resources to, to do this in the first place? Do the, do they have the ability to say yes? Or do they actually only have the ability to say no? I think a lot of times when we ask for stuff, we're asking people who can say no, but we can't say yes. Like if you're trying to get a job, don't go to HR. HR cannot say yes. They can only say no. You go to a department head. If he likes you, he'll get you through HR. Okay. Do they agree with your fundamental selling proposition in the first place or not? A lot of times you actually know, or you can ask them before you try to try to get in, in into this. So you can just save so much time. And, and if the other person knows that you're not going to try to ram anything down your throat, if they know that you're going to figure out if it's a fit before you attempt to sell them, then they actually come towards you because you're disqualifying. It's kind of reverse psychology, but really you're just basing it in the truth. The truth is 80% of the people I might consider for this, not my customer. Tell me the story of the $2,700 espresso machine. I love that example. Okay. So, so one of the things when I had that epiphany about 80-20 and I realized there was an 80-20 inside every 80-20 I immediately realized this tells me that 20% of my customers would spend four times the money and 20% of them would spend four times the money and 20% of them will spend four times the money, which is really just another way of stating 80, 20. And I, I went home to look, it was true. And already with a 18 month old business, I could, I could already see that it was true. And so so let, let me give you a, a hard example of this. If let's say that a Starbucks store sells a thousand four dollar lattes every week and, and, you know, they're at Starbucks and they're going to buy their stuff. And so you, you say, all right, four thousand people a week are buying these lattes. Well, that pretty much guarantees you almost like a law of physics that. Every week, one of those 4,000 people is going to buy a $2,000 stainless steel espresso machine, okay? In other words, all those people, they have a coffee itch, and they are there to scratch it, okay? And 20% of them have 16 times more itch than the other 80%, okay? And then 20% of those have four times more itch than that 20% that we just talked about and on and on it goes. And so you can start doing the math and you can go, all right, for, for every thousand cups of $4 espresso, I'm going to sell one $2,000 espresso machine. Oh, and by the way, I'm also going to get like, uh, I'm going to get 10 people that come in here and spend three or $400. What are they spending three or $400? Maybe, 
maybe they come in once and they buy a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe they come every day and they buy CDs and they buy coffee mugs and they buy bags of coffee and maybe they buy the $200 espresso machine, but they are going to do that. I guarantee if you give them the opportunity to spend that money, they will spend it and the amount of money they spend will fit something you referred to earlier, which is called the 80-20 curve. If you put 80-20 on a graph and, and you get you know the, the least interested people on the, on the left and the most interested on the right, that graph, it looks like a ramp that goes up, 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 and it just goes infinitely towards the top right side and it never stops. And it, it, goes, it goes until you run out of people. Okay. And so it will, t- 80 or 20 will reliably predict how many espresso machines Starbucks is going to sell. 80 20 says there's 7 billion people in the world and this is how much money they're all going to make at these different levels. It's also going to say, here's the top 10 people in the Forbes 400. And guess what? Even when we're in the Warren Buffett, Bill Gates stratosphere, 80 20 is still true at the very tippy top of the world. So it's true everywhere. It's fractal. It's it's macro. It's micro. It is everywhere. I think the you know even once you have sort of a cursory understanding of the eighty twenty principle, the the espresso machine example for me was so interesting because it it you know you think of it sort of vertically kind of going you know going out and sideways in terms of you know smaller and smaller pieces of the population. But that really turns it and it also goes vertical. And, and I think it's so interesting. And I know it's hard to kind of visualize it on, you know, just listening to this. But there, you have a website, right, where it's 8020curve.com that you can kind of plug in some numbers and see uh, and play yes. around with different examples. Yes. And we, we have examples there. And, and so if it, it also means that if 50 people a year each buy a $2,000 espresso machine, it means one of them wants to spend like $100,000. And at that point, most people, they're, they're like, what? Well, you know what? Maybe they're, they might spend a million. It, it might be the guy that buys a Starbucks store or a franchise or, or something like that. Okay. Like that, the math works all the way up to things like that because they're still scratching the coffee itch. So what this means, practically speaking is it means that if you have a bunch of customers that all did one thing, there's a bunch more money in your list and it's the existing customers. Like you don't need to go get a bunch of new customers to sell the espresso machines. If you didn't have an espresso machine before and now you do, you can go back to that crowd and sell espresso machines. And it means, you know, you can have the junior espresso machine. You could have a super, super deluxe espresso machine. It means that a, an awful lot of small companies and freelancers can make a huge increase in their income just by inventing an espresso machine version of what you sell. You go, okay, what would make this really deluxe, really special, much easier to use or much bigger of an experience or, you know, like you don't just slap a big price on something, right? you know, it needs, it needs to be worth the money. But if it's worth the money, they will buy it. So many people fail to think about the opportunity to create these upsells kind of within their existing audience. And I think that's what's so fascinating. And, you know, in the book, you also mention things like the, you know, you have a, a coach ticket for $300 and you have a, a first class seat or a luxury seat on some of these international flights that can go for literally ten ten thousand $10,000 or more. 
Yes, 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 yes. And that's a, that's a perfect example. And like, you know, and, and some of the really nice airlines like Singapore airlines or Emirates. Yeah. They'll have these little pods and they're like $15,000 and they have the most expensive vodka and the most expensive sushi and the most expensive caviar. And if, if you do the math, like they can totally go out all out on the food and it's still only a few hundred dollars. But the fact is, you know, for every one person, for every hundred people that want to fly coach, there's that one guy and he's got the alligator shoes and, and, and all of that. And, or he, you know, he wants to sleep because he's got a meeting when he arrives and, you know, it's a super important meeting. And frankly, if he's 10% better at his meeting, it's worth the $15,000 because he's working on a $10 million or billion dollar deal. Right. And so it's totally worth it from the customer's perspective. You touched on earlier the idea that everybody to some degree has to sell or, you know, is in sales even if they don't realize it. I'd, I'd also be really interested to, for you to share the, the marketing DNA concept that you have and the idea that everyone has sort of a unique sales style. Well, my first sales job was at this rep firm and the people there, they were great people. They were great human beings. I loved them. You know, there was Wally and there was Fred and there was Mike and there was Steve and, you know, they were all great folks. One guy in particular, Fred, he was really successful and he had a lot of accounts and he sold these really big deals and I would watch him in action. He, he would say things that I couldn't figure out how he got away with them. Like you ever know a salesperson like that? Like they could just, you know, kind of smack a customer on the side of the head and get the guy to smile and say thank you. And, you know, and Fred just mystified me and and I was like, how, do, how, how can I be as good as Fred? And on top of that, to make matters worse, you know, Fred had a very hard time explaining what he did in words. He wasn't actually a very articulate person and he could barely spell, but he could still sell like crazy. And it was like, I was trying to be like Fred. And actually there was a lot of people I was trying to be like, I listened to these motivational tapes and stuff. And later I started to figure out why he was selling like crazy and why I wasn't. And it, it was because I had a fundamentally different style of selling than he did. All of my instincts ran totally counter to how he did his job. You know, and I figured out enough of that that when I got fired from that job and got a new job, that the new job was a much better fit. And in, in fact, it went really well. And I worked there for four years and I made good money and they sold the company and I got stock options. It was a really happy story. But then fast forward another 10 years later. And at that point, I've been a marketing consultant for years and I've worked in 300 industries and I have dealt with every kind of marketing and salesperson you can imagine. Okay. And I started to realize that people's selling styles can be extremely, extremely different. And how one of them sells has nothing to do with how somebody else sells. So let me give, give you some examples. In fact, I'll tell you what I ultimately concluded. I came up with, there were eight different modalities in selling. And, and I'll tell you what, what they are. 
So one of them is the alchemist. The alchemist wants to sell by showing you something that God invented yesterday that is super new and super cool that you have never seen before. Okay. And it's all about the new. Okay. A producer is somebody who sells you based on it's reliable. It obeys the rules. It's proven. It, it, it follows the 146 steps. Now you'll notice that an alchemist is almost the complete opposite of a producer. Okay. So, but here, here's another one is live versus recorded. Some people thrive in the moment, in gunfire, hostage negotiator, throw them into a situation. And this, Fred was a hostage negotiator. I am not, <laughs> okay? I was more like the recorded, which is like, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's in print, like I want to sit and I want to perfect that message before I put it out there. That's why I write books. Okay. Fred couldn't write a book to save his life and I could negotiate a hostage situation to save my life. You know what I'm saying? Then the, the next one is images versus words. There are people that sell you by showing you stuff. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Maybe they sell bright yellow Corvettes or something, okay? Then there's people, they sell with words. They sell with stories. They sell with descriptions. They write catalogs. They write copy. They write the big, long web pages that are ugly, but they sell a lot of stuff, okay? And then there's empathy versus analytics. Some people pluck your heartstrings, and they tell you a really moving story. They make you laugh. They make you cry. Other people's sell with proof and data and spreadsheets and, and graphs and numbers. Okay. So those are eight components. And what, what I did was I, I devised a profile test online where you can go take it and it will tell you, this is how you naturally sell. Do not try to take a job or a function or a, an entrepreneurial adventure that forces you to sell outside your style, do it within your style because that's the 80 20 of your skill set. The 20% of your skills that will produce 80% of all of your results are probably concentrated in one or two or three of these areas. And then you have these others that are weaknesses. And, like, for example, we've got a guy, his name is Joshua Earl. He was a computer programmer. He took the marketing DNA test and the marketing DNA test said, you are a copywriter. 18 months later, he had quit his job and he was a full-time copywriter and he loves what he does. And he, he didn't really enjoy computer programming. So I think like if you're going to sell anything, I don't care if you do sell for a living or if you don't sell for a living, if you have to persuade people to do stuff, you should figure out. What is your persuasion groove? What is your natural way that you convince people to do stuff? Because it's already there. It's already been present in most of the interactions that you've been successful with. And now you just need to build on it. So for listeners who want to take kind of a concrete first step to implement the 80-20 principle in their lives, what's a piece of homework that you would give them as a starting place? I would respectfully suggest that that you read my 8020 book it's called 8020 sales and marketing in fact it has a link 
to the marketing DNA test inside, which which is normally $37. So, so it's a really nice discount. And, and I would encourage you to, to read that. But as far as specific actions, so I want you to think about, think about how somebody gets to you. Okay. So let's say that, you know, you've got certain keywords or ads or whatever that, that are on the internet and people think how 80, 20, applies to every single step. So 80% of the people search or hundred percent people search 80% don't click on your link and 20% do. And then the ones that come to your website, 80% leave without doing anything that you want them to do. And 20% do what you want them to do. And then, you know, the 20% that filled in the form, you know, the 20% of them actually get on the webinar, talk to you on the phone and 20% of them buy something and 20% of them actually buy something else. And, and what I want you to do is I, I would like you to, you know, sit down with a piece of paper, like go to Starbucks or wherever your favorite thinking place is and just sketch it out and, and realize that, okay, we're, you're dealing with like 20% of the 20% of the 20% of the 20%, which is some tiny fraction. And what I want you to, what I want you to do starting from now is instead of beating yourself up for the apparent massive waste, because, Hey, it's true. Like 99 and a half percent of these people never do what you want them to do. Instead of lamenting over those, I want you to focus on the, the fraction that do it, do what you want to do. And I want you to ask yourself, so what's the next 20%? Like, what's the giant step that 20% of these people would take that's four times bigger than the step they took before that I haven't asked them to take? How do I even get bigger doors on these tiny little hinges? And sure, you can improve your ratios everywhere else, but you're not usually going to improve them by a huge, huge amount. Most of those steps, you're not going to prove 10x. You might improve 50% or you might double them or something like that. But either way, most of the money, most of the success, most of the whatever you are after is in this small number. And there's a bunch of stuff you're doing now that you don't actually have to do. Great advice. And, and we'll be sure to include links to all of this in the book, the, the 80-20 curve, everything in the show notes. So listeners can get access to all of that. Perry, where can people find you and find your books online? You can go to perrymarshall.com. In fact, we, we sell the 80-20 book for, for $7, including shipping in the United States. I mean, it's an incredible loss leader, but, but we do that for a very particular reason. And you can also find my other books and we, we've got a lot of things and you can, you can get on our email list and, and you can study what we do and how we do it. In fact, what I would suggest you do, if you want to see 80-20 sales and marketing being done as opposed to just described, just go buy the book for seven bucks and see what happens. We use 80-20 all over the place. It's, bare, it's layered in, into what we do. So the upsells from the book and the emails that you get and whether you get a lot of emails or only a few based on 
you know, what you respond to or whether you respond to things, you know, whether you open the emails or not, all of that is self-adjusting. And again, you can go to perrymarshall.com and you can see all of that happen. You know, it's, it's one thing to read about it, but it's another thing to have it done to you and see how that works. I actually have a lot of people that get on our email list just to see what we do. Well, Perry, this has been a fascinating conversation. I've really, really enjoyed digging into the 80-20 principle and some amazing stories and examples and some really concrete ways to apply it and think about sales and marketing. So thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for going on all these weird little nooks and crannies of the universe as they try to you know, stitch this all together and, and help people be more effective in persuading. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. Listeners like you are why we do this podcast. The emails and stories we receive from listeners around the globe bring us joy and fuel our mission to unleash human potential. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt at scienceofsuccess.co. That's M-A-T-T at scienceofsuccess.co. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every listener email. The greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes, because that helps more and more people discover the science of success. I get a ton of listeners asking, Matt, how do you organize and remember all this information? Because of that, we've created an amazing free guide for all of our listeners. You can get it by texting the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222, or by going to scienceofsuccess.co, that's scienceofsuccess.co, and joining our email list. If you want to get all this incredible information, links, transcripts, everything we just talked about, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes at scienceofsuccess.co. Just hit the show notes button at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.